Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. On this show, I interview life coaches, business coaches, and other coaches to discuss all aspects of coaching and business. We'll also take your questions, and you might even have the opportunity for live coaching right on the show. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people transitioning from corporate America to entrepreneurship. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams, and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. If you're listening live and you want to call in with a question, the phone number is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646-929-2893. We also have a live chat room right on the show page. So feel free to join in. We already have several people in there. My guest tonight, Dave Rudbarg, is a relationship coach whose main desire is for men and women to have extraordinary relationships in their lives, ones that are rich and full and real and completely satisfying. His relationship coaching practice has been in existence for nine years, and he's been cited by leaders in different fields of endeavors as being a key ingredient in their success in having relationships that work in business as well as in their personal lives. Dave is also an outstanding blues and rock musician whose first album, Living in the Land of Yes, should be out somewhere around November 1st. Dave Rudberg, are you here? I am. Excellent. Thank you, you, Andrew. You're very welcome. I love that introduction, and uh, it's all true. (laughs) Every single word of it is true. I have no doubt. I have known you for a very long time, and I believe every word. Absolutely. So I, I understand you also had uh, some uh, a recent uh, procedure, and that you're doing. Very yeah, well. well, you know, I think one of the things about being a coach, as you know well as being a coach yourself, is um, if you're not willing to do what you ask your people to do, then you might as well just hang it up. Mm. And certainly, um, I'm always asking the people I coach to go beyond where their comfort level is. And as somebody who's dealt with a weight issue for a long time, um, I just finally got to the point where I said I couldn't, in good conscience, walk around being heavy and, um, and not having myself the relationship that I want to have. And, it, you know, for years and years and years, I you know, said, well, you know, person really saw the real me and blah, 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 and, you know, all that crap. And it's just <laughs> not, it's just a, a lot of garbage. And what it finally came down to was that at the age of 55, um, if I kept going the way I was going, I was probably going to be alive another 10 years and have lots of serious health issues. And mm. um, not too many women, when they're making a list of, men they want to date, you know, give me somebody who has trouble walking and has health issues. You generally is not at the top of that list. So, well, um, unless it includes and is a billionaire and, and leaving me as your sole exactly. heir. Exactly. It's yeah. very good, yes. You, you absolutely, 100%. And so what I did, in fact, last Friday was have uh, lap band surgery, and, um, which ha- is um, requiring a major alteration in 
everything around my life. So um, it's been it's been an extraordinary experience. And the other part that's been extraordinary is that three days before the surgery, I discovered that there was a large sum of money that had to be paid up front. Mm. And with the help of uh, our a mutual friend, Charlie DeBenedettis, who's really one of the most talented, you know, renaissance men around, I was able to put on a video on uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter with a link to a PayPal account and literally had the money for my surgery within 18 hours, not to mention that more money has come in as well. And, um, again, going back to being a coach and walking the walk and talking the talk, um, it's not like I've now had the surgery and now I'm going to go into my corner. I'm actually, with Charlie, going to put a video on every month to show people my progress and to put myself out there as an example. And it's not going to be easy. Um, but it is, um, you know, it certainly, you know, takes the willingness to be coachable to a whole new level. And if I'm not willing to be coachable, then, again, what am I doing here? Mm. So, um, you know, I've gotten a lot of love, a lot of support, and um, and it's... Um, it is a very moving experience, and um, you know, I, I'm just I'm real excited about it. So that's uh, that's a big deal. Well, that's that is uh, very inspiring to hear. I'm really really excited to to, to hear the, all the results, and I'm looking forward to seeing those those videos. Absolutely. Are you going to be keeping a diary? Uh, great question. Um, I would. Uh, you know, um, probably I'll be doing it more online mm-hmm. than actually writing in a diary. Well, I mean, um, it could be a blog, the same, yeah, same yeah. idea. I think, yeah, it would be uh, probably something along those lines, yeah. Um, Putting a little bit of static here. I'm not sure if, uh, what, where that I think is. I think it's my phone. I have a very expensive phone that I got at C.H. Martin, so it's uh, uh, one, well, of the, one of the you demand your ten dollars back. Exactly. Okay. So don't so, move yeah, so at a muscle for the rest of the hour. There you go. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So, I, so, so yes. Yeah. No. I just um, what you know. I I just noticed I was you know as most of us are on a fairly daily basis um, on Facebook and just noticed how many posts there are from people around relationships and around their inquiries and, you know, things of that nature. I'm just curious what you were, you know, I interrupted you, so let me let me be quiet. <laughs> well, that's fine. This is this show is really going to be mostly about you mm-hmm. and what you do and, how, and where you've come from and all those things. But you did make me think of uh, a question would be, what is the, what do you say is the biggest question or issue you have in the in the world of relationships? Um, I I think the all purpose universal question is why are they like that? <laughs> Just you know out of the mouth of of whomever, and you know the one thing again I'm I'm just. You know, I'm I'm holding this as coming from my experience, coming from the experience of, you know, the 
you know, tons and tons of people that I've that I've coached, and just from being alive for the last fifty some odd years, is that, you know, we men and women are just so radically different. We're just so different, and we really relate to the opposite sex like they should know better. They should really know better. Why do they do that? They should know better, and we don't. You know, we re, we relate to things so differently. So I I think that that's part of it. Um, and that's you know, regardless and, of which sex you're coaching, you get the yeah, sex. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I I was coaching a man for a while who said he was committed to being in a you know successful long-term marriage, whatever, and kept looking at women as if why didn't they, you know, what was wrong with him? Why didn't they see him as as a potential mate? Um, And yet his view of women was actually, for the most part, pretty negative. And for some reason, he just couldn't quite get the negative view and the lack of dates as maybe being related somehow. And, um, you know... It's. Um, I think that that both sexes are not always aware of the responsibility that they have in generating interest. Mm. You know? What what uh, what what brought you to relationship coaching? I um, I'd been. As a, a lot of you know, a lot of people, a lot of coaches have. You know, I uh, got interested in coaching, um, participating and volunteering at Landmark Education, and um, at some point um, was leading kind of a, if you will, kind of a renegade workshop there that had originally been about uh, helping people to lead introductions to the Landmark Forum and. What I saw that was missing was some really just basic meat and potatoes authenticity, like talking to people and telling them the truth. And the truth is so much a part of relationships. And that doesn't mean that you have to tell. By the way, the truth doesn't mean you got that every thought you have has to come spilling out of your head. That's not being truthful. That's not being a good editor. That's <laughs> not being responsible. Mm. But I think what um, what finally got me, you know, the most interested in it was, you know, when I started to um, learn when I when I did, frankly, the Sterling Men's again and, and started operating around circles of men and started getting the profound differences between them and You're going in and out, by the way. Sorry. I, um, you know, had had done some men's weekends, Sterling Men's Weekend, like yes. you see, Discovery, had participated around men's organizations, and just started to discover what was great about being a man. And, you know, to have it not be at the effect of, you know, that... Being a man is great, and being a woman is great, and it's 
it doesn't work for a man to try and be a woman, and vice versa. Right. And um, so I think I got real, real interested over the last six years, particularly. And um, because I think when it comes down to it, it's really ultimately about love. It's really about loving ourselves. It's about loving the people in our lives, loving and appreciating them for who they are, not for who we wish they were or who we hope they'll be in the future or something. Same thing in, in terms of loving who we are right now. I think that's real powerful. Mm. So what are the what are the kinds of... Um You've already mentioned the, the key, the key issue. But what other kinds of issues come to you in in this work? Hmm. Um, the impact that other relationships have on romantic relationships. Um, you know, the the idea being that if you, um, I have I have a client who. Um, had not a great relationship with a sibling growing up. And so she kind of looked at everybody's, her relationship with everyone as a threat, as that they were going to try and outdo her or something to that effect. So as you can imagine, it made it real difficult for her to create intimacy in any way, shape, or form, and that's all she wanted, and yet couldn't, couldn't understand why it wasn't happening. And, um, you know, in the coaching that we did, I told her that she had to go back and, and literally apologize to the sibling for having completely invalidated her and, and just, you know, been not so great, you know, kind of, a, not kind of, been a jerk with, with mm. her, you know, her sibling. And there was, as you can imagine, great resistance, but... Ultimately, um, the truth shall set you free. And she just started to be able to see people in her communities as wonderful and bright and loving and a contribution. And they started to be able to see her that way as well. So um, that's where I think part of it is, is to just take a, take a look and go back. Just take a look, see how, you know, how how have people really reacted to you? How have you been with people? You know, and I mm -hmm. think it makes a huge difference. Interesting. So what what uh, what kind uh, what are the greatest breakthroughs you've noticed in your coaching? Um, I think I think there's a number of things. I think uh, in in several cases, or one specific case, there's a client of mine who was, um, number one, afraid of everything. Just if you asked her to do something, it, it would produce tears. And she would just, I can't, and they won't like me, and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And meanwhile, she's just um, a powerful Renaissance woman, you know, as artistic and super smart and talented and um, a huge contribution everywhere she goes until she gets scared 
and goes, they won't like me, and then disappears. And so what kept happening is that people got the impression that she didn't like them or that they'd done something wrong. And we actually completed our coaching agreement about a year ago. And one of the dreams she had was to go on the road with a major rock band because she's got a background in, in music and engineering and sound. Mm-hmm. And she's brilliant. She's amazing at it. And her whole thing was, I can't call them. I can't ask. I can't. I can't. I can't. Well, she's been on the road for the last nine months with with one of the top, top metal bands in the world. And um, she just, you know, has traveled the world, had the most amazing time, and, you know, texted me and emailed me a couple of times and said, this is all due to you, you know. But again, and, and it's great to hear that, and the reality is that if she wasn't willing to push past her fear, she would still be sitting, you know, in New Jersey, upset, pissed off, frustrated, and um, just getting older. So that's been a recent success that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled about for her, you know. And, um, and again, also, I think, you know, that coaching is, you know, you give somebody coaching and they may not take it on that moment. Mm-hmm. I spoke to somebody who I coached as a as a um, volunteer situation at Landmark years ago, and had said to her, you know, a long time ago, you know, I mean, I just wish you'd kind of loosen up and enjoy yourself and enjoy everything about you. And got on the phone with her today, and she said, you know, I, you know, I, I knew. You know, I, I think you'll be interested to hear all the things I'm doing. And all the things that she was doing was around enjoying herself as a woman, celebrating herself as a woman, and really being... Lost you there, Dave. But she, she said that she's really taken on celebrating and enjoying and reveling in her being a woman and having her expression of her power and her sensuality be as important as being a successful businesswoman. And I think, and I was very moved and thought that was extraordinary. And so that's like you planted a seed there a while ago and it just now came to fruition. You know, and, and it could have been, you know, my seed and other seeds as well. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily quote-unquote, taking credit, but it's certainly, um, you know, straight communication does make a difference. Well, by the, by the power vested in me, I am giving you credit. Thank you. You are. Thank you so much. At least Thank I you. can do. Thank you. Thank you. We do here at Blog Talk Radio, Coach's Corner, we give the credit where credit is due. There you go. So, by the way, I'm just going to reiterate that if anybody out there would like to call in live, we're on live right now. If if you're listening to this live on Thursday, uh, not October, August 20th, we are live at 646-929-2893. And, by the way, the, the, the show title has tomorrow's date, and I discovered 
that uh, the Blog Talk Radio uses some odd thing called the Coordinated Universal Time, which is not really very coordinated because it's, it says tomorrow, so I have to let everybody know. No, it's not the 21st. It's actually now. Got it. So we're not we're not on in the future. We're on today. I hear you, but but hopefully we're impacting the future. We are impacting the future. That's that's the go. goal. That there is definitely go. one of our one of the big goals here. Yeah. So. Um, so you've been a coach well, now for how long? Um, I've had my own coaching practice for nine years, mm-hmm. and um, it's really only in be. To be very, very, very honest, it's only in the last year that I even came close to having the level of success that I wanted. And um, I think that uh, that was because, in case you were going to ask me that. That was going to be my next um, question. What's I, different? I, I, you know, well, we're already in the future, so I'm, like, looking for the next question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Uh, when it came down to it, they, you know, I've, again, like you, taken dozens of courses and, you know, written down stuff and, oh, yeah, ooh, that's powerful, ooh, that's great. Um, and when it really came down to it, I saw that uh, having a life of miracles, literally miracles, mm. was, you know, all about two things. One was integrity and one was gratitude. And the gratitude part was something that I'd never really allowed myself to explore. Um, grew up as an atheist, even though I was bar mitzvah primarily for the party. But, yeah, I mean, just what so? And um, two years ago, suddenly realized that I did, in fact, have a belief in a higher power or the universe or God mm-hmm. or however you want to phrase it, mm-hmm. and started a practice of every morning getting in the shower and literally having a conversation with God and going, so let me tell you all the things I'm grateful for. And what what happened is that I I have a, besides the music and the singing, I, I'm sorry, the music and the and the coaching, I also work about 30-some-odd hours a week at Starbucks, and I love my job, love my job. And part of why I love my job is I, every day that I walk in, I walk in in the space of gratitude, and that's a beautiful place for people to walk into. Mm. And I've been able to connect with people. You know, I'm, today there's a, a one of my customers who just – We've always had great affinity and, and just, you know, chatted away and shared with each other about our lives. And I finally said, what is it that you do? And it turns out that she directs um, one of the, like, highest-rated daytime soap operas. And I was like, really? Like, it never dawns on me because, how, you know, the, the connection is just what's there. So um, that got all, that gratitude got all over my coaching practice. Mm. And rather than, in, and, and as I did in years past, when money was tight, wanting to enroll clients and go, would you like me to coach you so that, I, you know, it would be great if you hired me so I can eat. Not really great. Not really the purpose of being a coach. Right. So um, really over the last two years or so has been um, the most fruitful 
the, and by far the most satisfying um, aspect. So that's, um, you know, that's one of the, that's uh, something that's shifted dramatically. That's a great thing. Now, I actually, I, now, now that you've said that, uh, I, my request is that you now restate that as a sort of an assignment for anybody listening who might be willing to take that on. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, and I want to just, uh, you know, again, give credit where credit is due. The, sure. the definition for integrity that I'm speaking of is, in fact, the one that, that Landmark Education has, you know, written down, published, and I think it's a brilliant definition, and it's two things. Number one is um, to honor your word. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning that when you are not going to keep your word, you get in communication right away and you be responsible for the fallout. And number two is to hold an empowering context. And I know that, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> but basically, for me, that's finding the positive and the powerful in every situation. And that also, um, it connects with the gratitude part. Because if I trust that the universe, again, whatever your expression of it is, higher power, universe, God, whatever, when I trust that that per, you know God has my back, I trust that everything that happens to me is happening for a reason. And that I trust that there's something powerful and positive about it. And I don't generally walk around anymore going, it's not fair. <laughs> you know, and again, that just, that's a great space to be around. You know, that's just, a, it's a great space for me to be around. It's a great space for me to be in the presence of. And it's a great uh, space for me to make other people, make it available for other people. Um, and I just think, you know, that's... Well, it's a great example of uh, choosing your perspective mm-hmm. that creates a whole lot of other things. So you are choosing a powerful perspective because you can just as easily have chosen, as you said, the, you know, the why me, Yeah. it's not fair version, and right. you are choosing a, a perspective that's just as valid as any other perspective. It's Yes, it's as valid... And, you know, and this is how I want to bring it back to being how it's relate how this is related to relationships mm-hmm. is if you, not you, but if the people who are listening are, are, you know, present, you know, are you walking around most of the time silently complaining and, and then wondering why either you're not going out on dates or relationships aren't working, or for those of you who are involved in different programs where you want to bring people to programs, you know, and can't figure out why nobody in your life wants to come, well, maybe it has something to do with the fact that you are like a walking, talking complaint, and you suck the energy out of the room. And your friends... Yeah, and and consider the possibility that a bunch of your friends do the same thing. So you all hang around complaining and sucking the energy out of the room, 
and then can't figure out why. No dates, no miracles, you know, maybe, you know, money has been extraordinarily tight. Well, when was the last time that you were grateful for everything, literally everything, the soap and water, the air, the ability to stand, um, the ability to speak, the ability to be moved by people. When was the last time you actually got present enough to really get moved? Mm. Unabashedly moved, like, you know, and stop listening to your own crap and stop believing your own crap. Well, it shouldn't be this way. You know. I can definitely um, relate to one of the things you just asked about, uh, the ability to speak Mm. has been very pleasant for me. Yeah. As as you you know, I recently had uh, a thyroidectomy, Mm -hmm. and which uh, did it uh, hopefully a uh, temporary partial paralysis of my vocal cord. Yeah. And... um, and I've been really trying to not not trying to I've been successfully reframing that in how how can I look at this powerfully? What would happen if I didn't get my voice back, which was a real concern at a, at one yeah. moment? And and knowing that I have other gifts that are very powerful. Yeah, I think that's that's right on the money. I mean, one of the reasons that I did the lap band surgery is because I I have a client who went through about a two-year metamorphosis where she was uh, dealing with physical issues in her life. And I watched her literally transform her body. She did stuff that she had to do for her health, and they were radical. And she did them. She took care of herself. She did what she had to do. Because and, and in our coaching sessions, we took a look at why would God have her have to go through all this. And what we came up with was maybe none of us know what we're really here for for at least the first 50 years. Right. You know, like maybe we just don't know what we're here for. We think we're here to be cute and funny and, you know, have sex and party and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, okay, that's why I'm here. Mm, You don't have a clue. And I think when you start to discover... You know, and I know that a lot of people in America are going through this right now. I was reading an article in the Times today about people who are reinventing themselves because what they used to do for a living just doesn't exist. Right. And suddenly they're finding themselves as, you know, um, you know, occupational therapists and all kinds of things. And I think that's also, again, bringing it back to relationships, you know, if you're invalidating where you are in your life, if you're making where you are in your life wrong, 
And if you think you have a clue about what your life is supposed to look like, I assert, wake up and maybe just start to, like, really, like, just listen to your heart, you know? And again, go back to gratitude. What are you grateful for? And the more you express gratitude, the more you're present to gratitude, the more you'll be present to what an unbelievably abundant life you have. Well, that's very powerful. Yeah. Anyone is calling in, and anybody who's out there would like to call in and express gratitude, mm. that call would be welcomed. We'd be grateful. We would be grateful. <laughs> Here on Blog Talk Radio, yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm certainly grateful to have you on my show. Thank you. And, and you know, I was... You know, I, when I when I saw the opportunity, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Because one of the things that I'm going to be doing, not sure of the date yet, but um, I part of my, uh, the Renegade Workshop, if you will, called the Fab Team that I used to do mm-hmm. at Landmark, was usually done in front of a group of 30 people. And it was very powerful and a lot of fun and just great. So I'm actually looking at, not looking at, I'm in the midst of designing uh, an evening with Coach Me Dave and to do a couple of hours on a specific topic. And um, the topic that I've chosen because I think it's uh, relevant and uh could make a profound difference is the word misunderstood. Tell me about that. Um, I again speaking personally, um, when I think I know why people are reacting a particular way, and I go act based on my perception. Um, there have been things that I've missed. There have been opportunities I've missed. There have been relationships that didn't, um, weren't as powerful as they could be because I misunderstood. And part of misunderstanding is not listening. Part of misunderstanding is bringing um, the whiny little five-year-old inside your head to listen when people speak. Um, And so, and the other thing is, um, I know that I've been in relationships where at the beginning of the relationship, the person said, I'm not really that into you. You know, like straight up. And I went, oh yeah, yeah, no, you really are. You don't know it, but you really are. And, And I'm just, and I used all these phrases that you hear in, in, seminars i i'm standing for the relationship and i'm committed to and i'm you know whatever and the reality was that the person very generously told me the truth at the beginning but i chose to either not hear or i wasn't listening or for want of a better phrase i misunderstood and so one of the things that you know that's something that i'm designing to have an evening all about being misunderstood and about misunderstanding people. 
and to maybe have people start walk out of the um, out of the night with a greater sense of what um, what's needed to really be able to hear the other person, you know, and not have, and not be and what's needed in terms of how you communicate to people so that they don't misunderstand. And um, so when you're when you're feeling um, is, is are you advocating that somebody make sure they're clear on what they heard? I think yes and um I think it's also being brave enough to hear to really hear. Um I think that sometimes what happens is again I have to speak personally what I've done in the past is not hear what I didn't want to hear and then pretend they said something else. And then, of course, the all-purpose excuse, well, I, I, I didn't know. I misunderstood. I think a lot of misunderstanding is not listening. I think a lot of misunderstanding is listening through the way you want it to be. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. You know, I I think this is something that I think women do it more than men. Maybe that'll get people to call in. Hmm. I think women do wishful thinking more than men. Really? Um, and I think, you know, I, I see it all the time. You know, a woman will meet a man, and he fits two aspects of her top ten list. And they will they will just assume that if he's got the two, then the other eight are right behind, and they ain't there. They're not there. Right. And then, you know, it goes back to, um, well, what do you do about that? You know, a lot of women believe uh, this is some of the stuff that, that Alison Armstrong has written about and, um, you know, celebrating men and the books that she's done. Great, great, great work. You know, it talks about the fact that women respond really well to criticism. If you criticize a woman, she'll do something about it. What's your experience when somebody criticizes you? Mine? Yeah, what do you want to do? It kind of depends. I used to be somebody who would get very defensive. Mm-hmm. I, I think that as as I've evolved more, yeah. I've I've learned to, rather than take things personally, I, I often will say, well, you know, what exactly? Is there something specific? I may still... <laughs> I may still be annoyed or resentful, but but mm-hmm. if it's if it's if I get the criticism away in a way that's not uh, out to hurt me, but it's really trying to help me, I'm willing to listen. Yeah. It also depends on who's telling it to me. Yeah, and how it's I said. Think, yeah, I I think how it's said. I think also, you know, I was at a um, as a matter of fact, a support meeting for people who just gotten lap bands, and a woman spoke for about three or four minutes about her fears about going through the surgery based on her experiences in other hospitals. And uh, another man in the room, you know, raised his hand and started to, like, say to her, well, I don't understand why you feel that way. You know, doctors are great, and you shouldn't feel that way, and blah, 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 blah. And I was, you know, I raised my hand and said, you know, 
This is a support group. This is not a coaching group necessarily. And if she was a request for coaching, you know, then I think you'd be in the right place. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think um, as a co- and I'm, I know you go through this also. As a coach, you know, I see something and I want to just run over and start coaching. And you know what? What I've found over the years is unless somebody requests coaching, they're not a request. Right. right. But I, I also would avoid, at, at, even in any coaching situations, telling somebody what they should or shouldn't think. Yes. I would want to uh, ask them, does that support them? Mm-hmm. That is that line of reasoning or thinking is that going to support them in getting what they want? Is there another way to look at it? But I I don't want to tell somebody you shouldn't feel a particular way because that's right. How the, however anybody feels, that's how they feel. Yeah, I think the ability to express that and just have it be heard and acknowledged is uh, very valuable. Mm. Yeah. So, and what was great is that the gentleman who I made this, you know, suggestion to really, you know, got it. And, you know, and later on we spoke about it. And, you know, I think what he really wanted to say to the woman was that in his experience at this particular hospital, NYU, that it had been a completely positive experience. And he wanted to let her know that he'd had a positive experience. As opposed to, well, you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't feel that way. So, again, it's also about being responsible for what comes out of our mouths. And that's a you that's know, some training that uh, a lot of people don't have. Yeah. Yes. And um, sometimes those people are called relatives. <laughs> I I know I I may be the only one, but uh, yeah, you're the only one. I am the only one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, right. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you something though. What's great is, and I want to just, I want to acknowledge my mom because um, over the last couple of years, we've had some of the most straightforward, like no bull conversations about both of our lives and what we're up to and so forth and so on, and. Um, I just want to acknowledge that, you know, I love my mom very much, and I often don't get, like, I don't want to necessarily hang out with her, but that there's nothing, I I can't think of anything that we haven't said to one another. And so recently when I had the surgery and stuff, I made a point of honoring her and calling her every day to let her know that I was okay because I knew that she was going to worry. And I think that's one of the other things, again, bringing it back to relationships, is um, finding a place where you can have um, a relationship that's fully self-expressed with your parents. And it doesn't mean you're going to get along. It doesn't mean you're going to agree, and it doesn't mean you're going to like them all the time. And it just means that, you know, 
you've been straight with one another and you still love one another. And Absolutely. I think, deal. I think that's a big deal. And I can speak personally there that you know the, the one of the greatest things that I was able to have in my life is a, a, you know an excellent relationship with my mother that was complete so that when she passed away there was nothing left unsaid mm-hmm. and an excellent relationship with my father which is amazing because we didn't have much of a relationship growing up and now we're as close as you can imagine and, and it's just a, a wonderful experience to have that with him mm-hmm. and that really started by the way speaking of gratitude was from thanking him for doing a great job yeah and letting him know that he taught me and he did a great job being my dad and ever since that moment we've had a very wonderful relationship i i, I couldn't agree more and um you know Again, I think it it goes to if if there if there are people listening who are committed to being in get, committed to being married, committed to being in romantic relationships, you got to go back and take a look and see what's there for you about the parent of the opposite sex. How do you really relate to them, whether they're here or not, and where are you? Um, where you're still blaming them, criticizing them, mm-hmm. you know, because um, it's you can't have a great relationship with a member of the opposite sex and not have um, at least a fully self-expressed relationship with your parents, you know, your mom or your dad, depending on what you know, if you're a man or a woman. I right. think that's really, really, really crucial. And um, and uncomfortable, and it's uncomfortable because you may find out that you've been pretty creepy as a son or a daughter. <laughs> you may you may discover that all the things you thought you were entitled to, well, they're supposed to, and they should. Like at some point, you didn't say thank you. You really didn't say thank you. You didn't let them know that their hard work was not in vain. You know? I think that's a big deal. And again, it goes back to gratitude all over the place. You know? In every area of your life. I I wanted to have you reiterate, and actually when I asked you to make that um, assignment of sorts, I was really referring to what you say you do in the shower every day, the gratitude exercise. Yeah. So would you repeat that for anyone listening as this is sort of an assignment if you'd like to take this on? Sure, absolutely. I I think um, unless you're really concerned that someone's going to walk in on you and find you talking to God and call the you know the paramedics, I don't think you have much to worry about. Right. And I find it again, it's about. Um, just saying, you know, like, good morning. Good morning, God. Let me tell you all the things I'm grateful for today. So, for example, you know, when, whatever has been going on in my life, it was uh, having that conversation tomorrow morning since we're already in the future. You know, I would say, good morning, God. First of all, thank you for how wonderful people were when I got back to work. You know, 
thank you for giving me more lessons and how different I'm going to have to eat and drink. You know, thank you for, for, you know, thanks for the hot weather. You know, thank you for, you know, how alive I feel when when I'm sweaty. Thank you for, you know, everything that, that has gone on in my life today. You know, um... Thank you for the thank you for the women I flirted with and the joy I had doing that. You know, and just every, anything you can think of. You know, and just and thank you for just having me be alive one more day to not miss out on what an extraordinary world this is. And you know, just in mm. speaking it you can feel your heart open. And again, to bring it back to relationships, it's about having an open heart and being willing to have an open heart. And, um, you know, I think that that's, you know, fine. check in for yourself and see if that's a practice that as you open up your heart, that people want to be around you. People want to know you. You know, mm. um, you know. Cause, it's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. We actually have somebody uh, on the, one of the on the switchboard, mm-hmm. and I'm going to see. I I somebody calling in from the. San Francisco area code. Let's see if this fellow has a question or comment for Coach Dave. Hold on. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, this I'm actually in New York right now, but this is uh, uh, Gary. I'm a uh, founder of actually an internet site that's going to be couples save and revitalize their relationship. And can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you. Do you have a question? Uh, uh, yes, I may, I, I may have come in a little late, but uh, so forgive me if this has already been covered, but uh, he's, the last point he was talking about, uh, the relationship between uh, yourself and your mate's parents and your own parents, does he know of any research, and a lot of this seems to refer to Imago theory, uh, any research that actually substantiates Imago theory or proves Imago theory? I, I'm sorry, you call that what theory? Imago, with Harpo Hendricks is developed at Helen Hunt. Okay. Uh, you're, you're familiar with it, right? I am actually right. not familiar with it. Dave, are you familiar uh, oh, well, well, the basic premise of it is that you pick people that embody both the positive and negative characteristics um, of your own parents because you're trying to still heal your own childhood wounds. And uh, as a result, uh, the relationships uh, almost inevitably tend to blow up. Uh, but if you can go through that fire, you'll end up coming out much stronger. If you don't, you'll end up continually picking people that embody those characteristics and repeating the same uh, drama over and over again, trying to heal your childhood wounds. I, I think there's a lot of validity. You know, I, for for me, it just comes down to that, um, you know, again, as a man being in a relationship with a woman, if she's not complete with her father, everything I do is going to be heard through or seen through the eyes of that pain. 
and so there's going to be it's going to be really difficult for her to trust me. It's going to be really hard for her to love me. And um, ultimately, I I think it's unless she finds some way to get complete and to you know to recognize that parents are just parents. They're not right. They're not gods. They're not perfect. They're just people, and, you know, they still, they screw up. They screw up big time. Um, but I think, you know, if, you've, if you find somebody who has a powerful and positive relationship with their parents, there's a pretty good likelihood that their heart is going to be a lot more open. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's one of the things to take a look at when you're, you know, going out on dates and when you talk to people. If if I date a woman and I say, well, what's your relationship with your parents like? And she says, well, I haven't talked to them in four years. I'm like, okay, well, kind of nice to meet you. You know, not really, that's not what I'm looking for. You know, or if she says, you know, I've never been able to get along with my parents, and I wish I could, well, there's an opening. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Sure. Uh, let me get the caller back. Uh, so, Gary, I just you know, I had you on mute there while Dave was uh, responding. Are you there? Yeah. yeah okay. Thank great. you. Okay. So, uh, now what you were speaking of? Are you? Is that a, a psychology type of? Um, question um psychology type of question well uh i guess so i mean uh, he's a very famous psychologist uh, harville hendrix and there were about two thousand therapists that actually practice uh imago theory okay i i I just want to make sure that you're you're clear that we're the difference between coaching and and psychology yeah go on uh dave well, I mean, I've, I've heard of Harville Hendricks, and I've not, I've not read it, but I've heard great things about it. But I think, Andrew, you were about to say the difference between coaching and psychologists, so I just want you to make that distinction, please. Sure. So, you know, what we're speaking around here, uh, here on, on Coach's Corner, when we're talking about coaching, life coaching, uh, most coaching comes from the, a particular model. There are different, actually, a number of models of coaching, but it's not psychology or psychiatry it's not therapy even though it may sometimes feel that way we are not as coaches we are not trained to be to deal with people's emotional issues and their past traumas that's not what we do we use um, different methods that we are qualified to do so now you could take that uh, rest of that question on yourself Dave as far as as a relationship coach, how would you yeah. say you differ from somebody trained in psychology? Yeah, well, I mean, I have a psychologist, and I've and I've coached psychologists. So, I mean, there's the the kind of the answer which says that a psychologist wants to know why, and a coach wants to know when. Yes, I, you know, I just want to know when somebody comes to me. If you're clear, your relationships aren't working. And that the source of it is how you view relationships. Let's party. You know, like let's let's get moving. Let's see what we can clean up. What are the practices 
we can create? What are the ways of being that we can take on? You know, what are the actions? Coaching is really about action. Yes. And it's really, you know, what can you do this week that's different than last week, last year, five years ago? Um, but but psychology and psychiatry is very important and very, very, very obviously very powerful, but that's not um it's not what I'm trained to do and that's you know, not what I'm not what I'm here for. Right. When we have those issues come up we are actually required really by the by ethics to say, I think you ought to see somebody who can help you with mm-hmm. that. Um now we are down, believe it or not, to our last couple of minutes in the show. And so right now I want to make sure you have an opportunity, Dave, to uh, anything you'd like to promote or your website, how to how people can find you and sure. all that good stuff. Um, that's great. Thank you. Um, I have two websites. One is www.getrelationshipcoaching.com, and the other one is www.coachmedave.com. So... Um, I'd love to hear from people through either one. And if people are interested in having uh, a group of people have, you know, an experience of coaching or one-on-one or I've worked with couples, um, whatever, uh, whatever you think would support you in what you're up to. And I want to thank you, Andrew, for this opportunity. And, Thank our caller for for calling in. It was a great, great gift. Oh yes, it was. Uh, by the way, uh, are you uh, do you have a Twitter? Are you on Twitter for? Uh, yes, coach? I'm on Twitter. It's just straight uh, Dave Rudbard. D A V E R U D B A R G. Okay. You know, whenever I hear "Coach Me, Dave," I, I sort of hear that door song, "Touch Me, Babe." There you go. I think you probably should do a redo of that song as Coach Me Dave. What do you think of that? I'm uh, very possible. I, I would definitely buy that. <laughs> I would buy that 45. There you go. <laughs> show you, show you what, how old I am that I know what a 45 is. There you go. It means I'm older Thank than you, 45. Andrew. You're welcome. Thanks, Dave, and, and thanks, everybody, for listening in. We'll be back next Thursday night here on Coach's Corner. And good night. <laughs>